Welcome to the Buying a House in Japan podcast. My name's Take. And I'm Joey. And we're two friends who just quit our corporate jobs and bought a cheap house in rural Japan. The goal of this podcast is to document the highs and lows of the process while informing you of every step you need to take in order for you to do it yourself too. We're by no means experts and we're doing this for the first time, but we hope this gives you a realistic expectation if you embark on this journey yourself and we hope you enjoy the show. And we're back. Episode 13. Uh, how you doing, Joey? Hey, what's up? We're both back uh, stateside. Uh, interesting fact, most podcasts don't make it past episode 12. So I think this is official. We've made it to episode 13. Hopefully this podcast is here to stay around. I was just about to say that too, actually, because I remember you told Ooh. me that fact back in Japan. <laughs> Lucky number 13. I just got back to California. Joey, where are you at? I'm in New York, opposite sides. What a dream, huh? I think we've said that a couple of times. The uh, two months we've spent in Japan and setting the Aki up and uh, down in Beppu is, is behind us now. Yeah, it, it does feel like a dream. I don't know how to describe it more than like, I don't know. Like I used to live in New York, so now I'm like back into like my New York routine kind of thing. And this whole like Japan experience, uh, I don't know, seems like almost like if you have the Venn diagram, it's like two, almost like two mutual exclusive uh, events. Yep. Today, we're going to go over five things we got wrong and five things we got right, looking back as a kind of postmortem. But before that, want to do a quick update on our last few days. Joey, what's the construction looking like at our house? What, right before we left your last image, what did it look like? Yes, our contractor... Sato-san. So the day I left, so the day before I left, he asked me, when are you leaving again? And I was like, I'm leaving tomorrow. And he was like, what time? And I said, lunchtime. And he was like, okay. And then the morning of the day I left, he came in and he absolutely gutted the kitchen. I think I forgot to tell Got you. Boy. I think I forgot <laughs> to tell you this, Take, but ripped up the entire floor. I don't I, like, he didn't even ask if I still had stuff in the cupboards or whatever. I, I had cleaned everything out already and unplugged yeah. the fridge, like signal, okay, free rain here kind of thing, but like completely ripped everything up. Yeah, all those floors are gone throughout the vanity we had in the bathroom kind of thing. Like oh. he, he was going like full speed ahead. That a boy, Sato-san. Unfortunately, we didn't go out to drink with him. I got a little sick, so still getting over the sickness, but we'll definitely take him out drinking next time. Good, yeah, good I'm, guy. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't get sick. I, I thought I was yeah. getting sick for a little bit. So we basically packed up everything. We went to the hardware store, bought like five big boxes, threw everything in the shed. Would you say it was... I, I we procrastinated, but I think it worked out. It wasn't too bad, right? Yeah, I did a I did another like cleanup the morning that I la I woke up early. I woke up like way earlier than I needed to, but yeah, I did another like kind of sweep through all the rooms. I moved more stuff in the upstairs. Just consolidated it into the uh, the plant room, which actually looks yeah. kind of sick. We put all the plants in one room. <sighs> Such a good um, look. Yeah. And then I also I I marked out outlets. I just put like uh, t duct tape on the wall, and then I called Sato-san to come look and I was just like, Hey, I put tape everywhere where we want outlets. Cause these rooms in this house, there's one outlet per room. I don't know. I need outlets like at least on every wall kind of thing. Yep. So yeah. So I put tape every there. He was like, okay, good idea. That's really easy for me to, to remember. Yep. It's going to be crazy. Next time we walk in, hopefully this place is looking real fly. Yep. He said something. He was like, I'm excited to work on the upstairs. So okay. uh, I think that's All a good right. sign full access. I think as of now, our timeline is we're trying to come back in March. We've let them know that we're coming back in February, hopefully to keep the pressure on. We have Fumi the Fixer, our person on ground, going to check in maybe every other week just to give us status updates. I know a lot of it will not go as planned, but it's good to have kind of that 
that those quick pulse checks. Yeah. Since we're back in the US, both of us now. Yeah. I wonder how much we're going to be have updates to give going forward. What are your thoughts there, Take? I think it's a good opportunity. I know we had those eight steps to how to buy. I think we are so much more well-informed now oh, to go over those steps. So I true. think there's plenty of stuff to chew on. We are launching Akia Mart, again, A-K-I-Y-A-Mart.com. Version one's coming around the corner, right, Joey? It's coming around the corner. So for everybody Ooh. listening that uses the website now, unfortunately, it's currently completely free, but I am going to put some features behind a paywall coming soon. Part of mm -hmm. the inspiration behind this project was to generate some passive income for ourselves during this period where we took off from our jobs. Sorry to everybody out there, but it's going to be affordable. So don't worry. Hey, we'll, we'll make a promo code or something. And in the meantime, you guys are free to chat with us. We've done a couple consults, actually met some really interesting people. So if you are interested in Akia and just want to chat with us, we'd love to hear your process. We are trying to understand where, what people want, basically, and navigate and pivot our tool to that. So smash that, smash that Spotify like button and also smash that console button if you want to chat. Um, also last thing before we go into updates, the ferry from Beppu to Osaka is dope. If you are ever in Kyushu and you need to move a car or you need to get from Beppu, Beppu to Osaka, it's 11 out of 10, Joey, most comfortable transportation I've ever taken. You're like, this is like the Titanic. It is like the tight, the good part of the Titanic. You walk in, there's like super high <laughs> ceilings. There's all this music. There's all this like crazy lights and stuff. It looks real luxe. I would say. Did I, I, the only, my only concern, I had a feeling it was going to be real luxurious. Did, was there like, like rocking and rolling on the high seas? Neg negative rocking. There was like no rocking. The room was so comfortable. They have a onsen or like a bath spot in the, in the ship that looks out to the sea. So it's like pretty cool there. They have a Michelin guided buffet breakfast and dinner. It was so freaking good. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm never taking a, a plane to Osaka. And I'm always going by ferry. If I That's can. awesome. Yeah. But all right. We can walk um, there from our house too. We should do, yeah, we, we should do like 100 percent walk to Osaka day. Yep. It costs with the car, it costs San Mangosen, which is like $200 ish in US dollars. And it was like, you got the hotel room equivalent. You got a ferry, you, like the car ferry. I don't know how much it is without the car, but I imagine it's closer to a hundred dollars. So totally worth it. If you're going in between those, uh, Oh, I'm a fairy boy now. Sunflower Dope. is what it's called. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, sunflower. All right, <clears throat> let's just move on to it. Five things we got wrong, five things we got right. And 2020s, was it hindsight's 2020? Is that what they say? Mm -hmm. that wrong. So talk to Joey. There's a couple of things I think we got wrong if we were to do this again. I know we actually surprisingly have some listeners now. So if you are considering doing what we, we did and are still doing, these are some pro tips I think that were really helpful. So We'll start off with the wrongs first. I'll start it off by going down the list of number one thing we got wrong is not seeing it in person. Joey, thoughts here? Yeah, I think for me, yeah, for me, this is top of the list for things we got wrong. The biggest reason being we got to this neighborhood and two, two different aspects of it. One, again, for the listeners out there that might already know, we showed up after an eight hour drive when we first saw the house, it was dark, we were tired, and the house was in worse condition than we expected. So that I believe is something we would have noticed having been there in person. We did a virtual like tour 
well, right before the building and right before we made an offer. I thought that was great, but clearly it wasn't 100% adequate. And the other reason I think we should have seen it in person is because we're very close to our neighbors, very close. There's three or four feet between houses here, our immediate neighbors, and we're surrounded on all sides as well. Yeah, at first that was, a, I think, a huge concern, but it got better as we spent time there. Unfortunately or fortunately, like now some of the neighbors are gone. So we have abandoned houses next to us. So we might consider jumping back on the Airbnb train, but totally agree. If you have the luxury and I wish we had actually just spent the whatever thousand dollars for the ticket just to go see it in person once, because I think that would have I don't know that I believe in us moving fast was our strong suit, but also at the same time, we did see another house on the other side of the hill, not as good location, but for the same price would have been a better deal. Yeah. Uh, but Ann, it's hard to say what was right or wrong, but I, I agree. Number we one would, thing we, we yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Jack. we would have a hundred percent the other house you're talking about <laughs> there. Yeah. Had we seen both at the same time, yeah, we would have bought the other house. But again, I'm happy we did it. But if you're doing it again and you have the ability, go see the house in person. I think it makes a big difference. Okay. Number two thing we got wrong. We did not have a cell phone number, nor did we have, we had trouble with line access. I'm going to blow up Joey in a second here. But in Japan, it's, I feel like everyone asked for a phone number and we kept giving our international number, US-based number. We were using just like a data plan only called Ubigi. If you're visiting Japan, definitely sign up for this as U-B-I-G-I. I think it's a, the data was quite good. Uh, but we found that for di things like delivery, things like, what other things do we need phone numbers for, Joey? Like reservations for things? Yeah, delivery, just contacting our friend Fumi, who was helping us out, uh, contacting uh, our contractor. Getting when your we, shoes delivered? Yeah, my, get my shoe. I bought some Nike Air Max 90s. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, they needed a phone number, and they, the, whatever form on the Nike.com website didn't accept my American number. When we bought the table, when we bought the slab of wood for the table, they mm, wanted a phone yep. number too. Uh, yeah, we needed a phone number for sure. So next time we go, Joey, we definitely need to get a phone number. And if you're doing this, I'd say if you're landing in the airport, just, just get a SIM card. I think that would have made our lives a lot easier. Even if you can't speak Japanese, I think just having that phone number to use as a placeholder helped unblock a couple things. Agreed. Same vein, line access. Everyone in Japan uses line. Uh, WhatsApp is pretty prevalent, but I'd say line is definitely the go-to one. I don't Joey know if WhatsApp access. is... I don't know yeah. if WhatsApp is prevalent. Everyone was asking for Line. Yeah, yeah, I, had, yeah, I had trouble getting Line access. I don't know what it was. I downloaded that. The it wasn't like I had an outdated version of the app on my phone because I don't use Line at home. So I downloaded it for the first time when I was in Japan, and it like would never send me the verification code. And then like the it was like four days before I left the country, and for some reason I finally got the code. Made um, it, fam. Yeah. So yeah, Line is super helpful. We have all our contractor we have the cleaners we have everyone on there actually there's like a local government line i'm subscribed to the bepu city line and they like send you notifications on trash days actually joey i should have mentioned that oh uh, that's send, sick yeah, it's pretty cool yeah okay number three similar to number one seeing in a person but i think we would have got a better deal if you the more time you spend on ground in, in the neighborhood i think the better of a deal or kind of like the better setup you can get again this is it's hard to say you know uh, how to do this, but this is generally for all of real estate. I think the more time you spend in that area physically on the ground, talking to people, the better deal you're going to get. Joey, anything to elaborate here? 
Yeah, and you'll know like different neighborhoods that you like better as well. Like we ended up really liking areas around this river, the Haruki River in Beppu. So maybe we would have focused our search around there. And then the other thing is that we're building this Akia Mart product. It's great. But truth of the matter is not all listings make it, and we Japanese websites, but not all listings make it onto those Japanese websites. Sometimes real estate agents in Japan, they these properties are cheap. They don't think it's worth their time and effort to even list some of these properties. So the only way to get access to the these unlisted cheaper properties is to actually talk to a real estate agent in person and see what they've got. Yeah, this is your first property. <clears throat> I'm still, again, very happy with the route we took. But if we had the luxury of spending like two weeks on ground, even more, like really getting to know the neighborhood and talking to people, we would have probably got a bigger lot, better condition, probably cheaper price. But again, <clears throat> a lot of variables that we it's hard to predict. But I'm quite positive if you were to spend a month there prior to buying a house, you would probably get a better situation. But again... Opportunity cost of time. We spent that month like hauling ass remodeling our place. So happy the way we did it. But if we were to do it again, and hopefully we do get to do it again, Joey, we'll get to know the specific area and, and talk to people on ground before buying our next place. Yeah, we got a home base now. So that's uh, that, that'll help us out. <clears throat> totally. Next up, number four, getting our address ASAP for Amazon. This was a constant battle. Amazon is awesome out in Japan. Had we had our address earlier and successfully had packages delivered, we could have feasibly got there day one with all our furniture and hit the ground running. Uh, Joey, what was our process? Did you find uh, what our correct address was? So we got, I, there was some on the building inspection. That was it. The building inspection had an address and some of the names matched. So that's what we were using. And I was sending some test packages, some unsavory magazines to, <laughs> our to our house and i kept getting notifications on the amazon app that they're getting undelivered these are just cheap 300 yen magazines and yeah they kept getting undelivered for whatever reason and so there was actually two issues that was preventing us from just getting our packages delivered the first one was this was some sort of like building lot address that's only used by the city or something like that it was not the postal address which is interesting had no idea this kind of thing exists that may or may not be true for the case of anyone else buying a house but at least for us our house seems to have two separate addresses for two separate purposes so we needed to get the postal address finally got that from ziv the second issue and even when we got that address it was still a little bit confusing if we had so like in our neighborhood there's ni kumi ichi ni kumi yon and those divisions are a little bit nonsensical and our two neighbors on opposite side of the street actually one is nikumi six and the other one is nikumi one so i didn't know which one we were we just had to pick a guess i actually don't think that mattered in the end that's a little bit of an aside but the second main issue apart from having the building lot address was that our house looked abandoned so to the person delivering mail to our house They like our mailbox had like sticky tape over it and they're looking at the house and it was clearly abandoned. I believe that we weren't getting packages because whoever was delivering our mail, the Amazon driver, they're like, this has to be wrong. No, there's no one living here. Like how, why would this house be getting mail? I wish they didn't do that. I wish they were just lazy and threw the package in the driveway. They didn't do that though. So we ended up writing a sign and putting that up saying like, yeah, any addresses for any mail for this address and we put my and Taki's names there, just leave it at the front door kind of thing. I don't know how someone buying a house could achieve that, but I think that sign really helped us out. Yep. 
Yeah. So Google Translate, a we wrote like this Japanese sign, like deliveries for Take and Joey, please drop it here. And Google Translate, I think that helped break the ice for a lot of male people who are coming to our house and, and walking away, looking intimidated by the band in this. One final thought on getting an address that works in Amazon is that Japanese homes have a name plate on usually at the end of the driveway. Ours happened to say Takamori. And so what I did on Amazon is there's like optional fields you can add. And I put the name of the building as Takamori so that I feel like that was like an additional like signal to the, the postal worker that like, okay, this is the house on the address. Joseph Takamori. That's what I call him now. So Japanese addresses are nonsensical. They don't have specific like numbers associated with a house. So just know that whatever house you're buying, it's going to be categorized by neighborhood. And then the male people figure it out from there, which I agree with Joey. It's a little nonsensical, but it is what it is. Figure that out sooner than later, I think is a high priority. Would have pushed our comfort level a lot higher. We were sleeping on some pretty bad sleeping in some bad conditions for a while and Amazon could up level that early. Yep. Number five thing we got wrong, bring a lot of cash. Japan is such a cash-based society that credit cards work, but a lot of places, especially like construction and if you're buying things, cash is super, super helpful. Cash is king. I had brought a decent amount of cash my first trip and had actually used my Charles Schwab debit card to pull out. I think you can pull out only Golmanen, which is a 350 400 us dollars at 7-elevens every day so near the end when i we had to pay for this big wood slab table i was just going to 7-eleven every day to pull out cash but the second time i came to japan i brought a lot of cash that i converted over here in the u.s so that was super helpful joe any thoughts there yeah i relied on you for a lot of the cash and mm. then i just fed you back but yeah. yeah, definitely cash society, like the grocery store bias, Cosmos, like it's like a cash grocery store, which is yeah. wild, but like, yeah, you need cash for everything. Yep. All right. So those are our five things we got wrong. One, not seeing it in person. Two, not getting a cell phone number and getting line access right away. Three, not spending time on the ground to find a better deal. Number four, not getting our address set up ASAP for Amazon. And then lastly, number five, we didn't bring a lot of cash, but I'm excited. Joey, to now talk about the right things. I think we got a lot of things right. Uh, I'll start it off. Execution, moving fast and not overthinking. Take it away. Yeah, I think this was like a real strength we had here. And it made it happen, especially with me and you. We, we were in two different countries while like the bulk of this was happening. Yeah, we just... Like there were some downsides in, in that, like we didn't see the house in person, but we just wanted to make it happen. I feel like it was one of the main goals here. Like it's, it's like a, a little scary adventure that we wanted to do here. And we really just wanted to get to the finish line and uh, get, gain some experience here. So yeah, we agreed. The, I feel like the very first day we ever even talked about this, let's mm -hmm. not overthink this. Let's just have fun, do it for where we're at in life right now. It wasn't a huge financial risk. And the fact that we're splitting it made it even more palatable. So yeah, that was fun. And I think that was 100% the right move. Yep. The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. Next best time is today. So if you're listening to this and you are on the edge and you have the financial means and freedom to do it, I, I think, yeah, not overthinking. It's There's so many there's so many choices in Japan and so many cheap houses. I think it was really helpful just getting it done. And I think the experience we gained was super, super valuable. That's something we kept mentioning during our newspaper interview. It was like, Keiken is number one experience in Japanese. I think we learned so much and 
our next one is going to be better. And uh, I think a lot of people get caught up on, I'll, I'll think about it, I'll do it, but encourage you just execute, don't overthink, and you'll be happy you did it. Yeah, I agree. Number two thing we got right, and we got really lucky here. I had a friend from studying abroad here who was down in Beppu, was getting a fixer on the ground. We call her Fumi the fixer, jokingly, but she was our Japanese front to handle stuff. We organized like a contract where she helps us out hourly. I think she's probably the single most helpful person that we found in Beppu to get this project done. We got her figured out maybe two weeks later, but had we if we were to do it again, I'd say try to find someone ASAP, whether you contact a real estate company or or just kind of network with people. But she was probably the yeah, one of the best things that happened to us. I agree. I feel like it's, it's invaluable. The just helped us out so much with difficult Japanese conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Can't stress this enough. I don't know how other people could do it. I feel like we got very lucky, but kind of network, find someone that wants to maybe help you out and uh, I don't know, offer them a little bit of money to for, for their time that they spend helping you out. So it was great. I think, I think she enjoys the work that she's doing, helping us too. So it, uh, it worked out well for everybody. Yeah. There are crucial times where, where contractors were over and we were describing the, these crazy high impact designs we wanted. And I, I definitely think culturally, if we had just gone in there as our American and Canadian selves and like, we want that and that, it would have maybe rubbed the contractors a wrong way. Again, culture in Japan is a little bit different, like small things like keeping the slippers out and being very humble, I think is something we would not have done <laughs> that could have came off the wrong way. Yeah, you you really like that good slipper she, etiquette. She she knew what was she was doing. But okay, next up, number three thing we did organizing the car. This was clutch. Luckily, I had a friend Tomo up in Tokyo who had a van. We knew, especially if you're going to be out in the kind of boonies or further away from the train station, that car is super important. This is going to be a challenge for most people. If we rented it from a friend, but if we didn't have that friend, I would have just rented the biggest van I could have got or we could have got from a rental agency perspective because that van was packed every day kind of thing and super clutch. Yeah. You really got to think about a car, especially if you're thinking about, if you're not thinking Tokyo, Japan, you gotta, you need a car to get around. It's like America or Canada. If you're not in Toronto or New York with great public transportation, like you need a car, which maybe is something that in one of our consultations, this was something that someone had overlooked as well. So you really do need to think about getting a car. We got lucky with uh, Take's friend. Yeah. Uh, get your international license. You can get a AAA. It's like a little pamphlet. Costs like, kind of looks sketch. It's like 15 bucks or something and uh, gives you quote unquote permission to drive in Japan. But uh, you definitely need that. And also, don't be intimidated about driving on the other side. I think most, if you've driven a decent amount in the US and feel comfortable driving, you'll pick it up very quickly. It's not that scary, although it takes a little time to adjust. Yeah, agreed. Maybe like one day to it, you're just hyper aware and focused for the first day. And then after that, it, it becomes second nature. Yeah. All right. Number four thing we got right, spending extended time and, and meeting neighbors. We spent, Joey spent two months. I was there for closer a month and a half-ish or more like a month. But I think we just, we learned so much, I'd say, just spending time there. Joey, what, you spent the more time there. What learnings did you get from spending extended time on ground? Yeah, you learned the town very well. So in our case, Beppu really explored like extensively around our neighborhood, explored the, the town as well. And you get a few, you get a much better understanding of the size of the town, you know, what the, the sort of 
demographic breakdown of the town as well. It was good. I feel like I, I understand that region very well. It reminds me very uh, a lot of the uh, the town that I went to high school in in Shizuoka as well. Yeah, I think with that also, we looked at a couple of the properties for our next spot, hopefully. So just creating that network now that we are remote and away from the area, I think it's good that we have people we can line or a message to check in on the property, or we can still get things done while being away after spending and developing these relationships. Yeah. I feel like I know 99% of the restaurants in the three mile radius of our house. I think we definitely tried. We tried, we were exploratory. We definitely tried every spot. I'm tired of eating out, Joey. I'm cooking for the next two, two, yep. three weeks for sure. Yep. Um, all right. And then number four, Five, last thing we got right is spending time in our abandoned house or Akia. We, from day one, or actually not day one, maybe day two or something after we saw it, we were determined to understand the space and understand like 1970s Japan construction, I think is an invaluable thing we learned. But we, Joe, you mentioned it, it was something about camping or that feeling of camping, right? Yeah. Like I, I think one thing we got right is like me and you, we have this experience from when we were in college and we lived in like pretty, pretty gross, dirty dormitory. And I just feel like that kind of resilience, like I, I expect anyone who does like a lot of camping would, would have this resilience too. Okay, you can live in pretty gross accommodations for like a day or two while you're cleaning it up, fumigating, maybe not the day you're <laughs> fumigating, but like when it gets like that bad that you feel like you need to fumigate this place and then you need, maybe you're trying to stain it like two days later and you're fixing it up as you're trying to live there, like that sort of like resilience and every day gets better as you like change the lighting and get yeah. a carpet, get a chair, that kind of thing. I feel like we had that resilience to, to, we knew we had the goal in sight and we were motivated to get there. I think we got that, having that, and that I don't know what the word is, gumption to, uh, yep. That for us, I think was the funnest part too. Like we went in shitty conditions and every day we'd get a new lamp or we'd get a floor, like something would be cleaner. And we're like, okay, this is, we're, we're on the up. I think that was a, a great, exciting feeling. For me, that was the whole thrill. That for That is why I'm excited to do it again as well. Just that like you start at such a low and then every day, like the first time we changed, Double we got up, a baby. lamp. We got like a paper lamp from like a recycle shop. And then we got like a mini fridge or something like that. Fridge, yeah. Curtains were a big deal too. Like every, like those small things like felt so much more cozy in your home and it was that was a thrill for me that and that was the most fun like that first week looking yep. back on it and that's why i would do it again for sure good memories for sure we had going from the kind of sketch to livable was a fun process it, it hurt our bodies i feel like a little bit i felt like beat i, I don't know i feel physically a little beat up from we the shower like we didn't have a shower, no we, were, shower. We, we had a shower we were scared of the shower oh the squatty poops I'm happy to say I feel pretty good with those squatty toilets, although I found out there's a conversion. So you could buy something on Amazon that makes it like a normal toilet. Wish we'd known that a couple months ago, but I feel like we're, we've gotten accustomed to it, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't an issue in the end. So yeah, I think uh, spending time in the Akia was super helpful, even from a design perspective, just knowing where light comes in, knowing the, the area, knowing what the neighbors are going to be comfortable with and I think all that stuff is going to show in our remodel design that like we really lived and thought through the design. So, all right. So those were our five things we all write. Execution, moving fast. Two, uh, second, Fumi the fixer. Three, organizing the car. Four, spending extended time meeting the neighbors. And lastly, 
five, spending time in the actual building as you're doing construction. Work the things we got right. And overall, I'd say number one, that execution, making, moving fast and not overthinking was a very big one. I think most people, my, my past self included, would have got very like held up on, like, oh man, this isn't perfect. I say shoot for the B plus kind of situations versus trying to get an A plus every time is now my mentality. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to think about it too. I I do feel I lean closer to a perfectionist type mentality as well, and this was like a a good experience for me as well to seize get degrees kind of attitude. Seize get degrees. Let's go. Cool, Joey. Good episode. Uh, we made it episode thirteen. We are official podcasters. Uh, hope you enjoy New York, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>